You're listening to Pastor Stephen G. Lightfoot's podcast, Sermons and Homilies by the Reverend Stephen G. Lightfoot. Pastor Stephen is an ordained elder in the Global Methodist Church and serves as senior pastor to First Methodist Church Splendora and Shepherd Methodist Church in Southeast Texas. Here is today's episode. Well, hear what is written. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all time, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he also went and made proclamation to the spirits in prison, who once were disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Corresponding to that, baptism now saves you, not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven after angels and authorities and powers had been subjected to him. As we let that scripture settle upon our spirits this morning, just want to remind us all that this being the first Sunday of Lent, we once again begin this journey of of self-examination, of introspection, of discernment. You'll hear those words all through the Lenten season. It's a time for us to take stock of our own personal relationships with Christ. And not only just with our Savior Jesus, but also with one another in the church and with ourselves. Have you been honest with yourself in your faith walk recently? Let that question settle for a moment. We we do this each Lenten season because the journey that took Jesus to the cross was a journey that he made for you and for me. And so we have a responsibility as Christians to assess from time to time whether or not we are living a life, whether we're traveling a road, making a personal journey that is worthy of Jesus's sacrifice on the cross. Are we making a journey that is moving us along the path in his footsteps? And is that path ultimately going to have us arrive where he is at the right hand of God the Father, in the presence of God, and in good standing with the Father? And so because we need to assess from time to time whether the path we're on is the right path, we examine ourselves. We put our faith walk into the context of his journey to the cross. And so 
in 1 Peter this morning, it talks about his journey and what it means for us. Peter says it's better to suffer for doing good, if that's what God wants, than to be punished for doing bad. That's what Christ did definitively, suffered because of others' sins. The righteous one for the unrighteous ones, all of us. He went through it all, was put to death, and then made alive for the sole purpose of bringing you and me to God. That's a high price to pay, isn't it? Are we walking a path that's worthy of the price that he paid? Jesus' journey from the time he was baptized by John the Baptist until he was taken into custody, beaten, humiliated, crucified, was a ministry of doing the Father's will. Healing the sick, casting out demons, pointing out the error in the thinking of the day, especially of the priests and the Pharisees, and the scribes, and when he pointed out the error of their ways, they killed him for it. They sent him to the cross, and they thought in so doing that they had stopped this radical teaching that Jesus was espousing to the world. But what they didn't understand was that he chose to go to the cross. They might have thought they sent him, but it was his choice all along. He chose to go to the cross to fulfill the will of God the Father, to take our sin upon himself and exchange it for his perfect righteousness. He did that so that we could be presented to the Father as spotless, as blameless, as righteous, as purified. Because there's no way we could accomplish that on our own. Do we agree on that point? Peter then talks about Jesus sending the Holy Spirit in the days of Noah to offer in the days of Noah the Holy Spirit went to the people and offered them a chance for redemption by having Noah build an ark which would carry as many of the faithful to safety as possible. And at the end of that construction period, when the rain began to to fall and the waters came up from the springs underground and the earth began to flood. At the end of that construction period, only eight people were saved out of all of the people in the world. It says he went and proclaimed God's salvation to earlier generations who ended up in the prison of judgment because they wouldn't listen. You know, even though God waited patiently all the days that Noah built his ship, only a few were saved then, eight to be exact, saved from the water by the water. That's the message version, verses 19 through 22 of 1 Peter. See, Peter is comparing the work of Christ in the world today to the time of Noah. 
And we have to ask ourselves the all-important question as we enter this Lenten season, are we listening? Are we listening to the Word of God when it says that it will be as in the days of Noah? Turn to your neighbor and say, are you listening? Are you listening? The people in Noah's time didn't listen and they perished in the flood. If we don't listen today, the Bible says it will be as in the days of Noah. But we have an opportunity this Lenten season to change the course of our journey. Gene, forgive me for this next line. There are two paths you can go by, but in the long run, there's still time to change the road you're on. That's not the Bible. That's Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. But you know, <laughs> who's keeping score here? Now, it's, it's not in the Bible, but it is true. There are two paths that you can go by. You can do some soul searching and make an adjustment to your course if you're willing to do the work and make the change. There's time until there isn't. The problem is we never know when the isn't is going to be. And so we have to be ready now. The eight that got on the ark were saved from the water by the water. In other words, the water that flooded the earth, also carried the ark and carried them to safety. Saved from the waters of destruction by the water. Peter says the waters of baptism do that for you. Not by washing away dirt from the flesh, but by presenting you through Jesus' resurrection before God with a clear conscience. Jesus has the last word on everything and everyone from angels to armies. He's standing right alongside God. And what Jesus says goes, are we listening? Now, just to be clear, Peter is not saying that baptism in and of itself is a means of salvation. Don't mistake that. A lot of people misinterpret that they can be saved by baptism. See, the waters of baptism don't cleanse the flesh, Peter tells us, meaning that they don't wash clean the part of you that's bound by sin. But rather, the waters of baptism are a pledge to God which invokes the prevenient, the preventing grace of God to move in your life through the power of the Holy Spirit to help guide and direct each of us into a right relationship with God that's only made possible by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, his body given for you, his blood poured out for you so that you might be saved by him, the only one who can save. Baptism is not a salvation event, but it points you in the right direction. In the gospel lesson that Amy read for us, Mark 1, 9 through 15, 
Mark writes about the baptism of Jesus by John the Baptist. And we need to consider that passage carefully as we begin this Lenten journey on this first Sunday of Lent, as as we align our journey with that of Jesus. Jesus was baptized, so it's important that we are baptized, right? I want to be like Jesus. Everybody say, I want to be like Jesus. Jesus. See, I do that just to make sure that you're not (laughs) nodding off. It's important that we're baptized because baptism is a sacrament. It's a means of grace instituted by God. There is never a need ever to be re-baptized. If you were baptized as an infant, a toddler, uh, a teenager, or an adult, there's never a need to be re-baptized. Why? Because even if we don't remember it, it's a covenant with God, the covenant maker, the covenant keeper. Even if I don't remember my baptism, God does, and really that's all that's important. In baptism, we are marked, sealed as Christ's own forever. Just an aside, this is free with your admission ticket. I've never known a baptized youngster that didn't someday... Come back to the faith, even if, and I've witnessed this, it was on their deathbed in their dying breath. Point a child in the way he should go, and when he's older, he'll come back to it. Baptism is an indelible mark, marking you as Christ's own forever. Of particular importance in this passage from Mark, we see that immediately upon being baptized, Jesus is sent by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, you may think, oh, that was Jesus. On each of our journeys, hear what I'm saying now, on each of our journeys, it is accurate to say that all of us who have been baptized have also been sent by the Spirit into the wilderness of the world. Where like Jesus, we are tempted by sin, even as we're about the calling we've been sent to do, and where the angels take us under their wings and the grace of God goes before us, guarding and guiding along our way, all of us sent into the wilderness of the world. And as we engage with our mission and ministry as ministers of the faith, that's you, are we, like Jesus, announcing to everyone that we meet God's good news, the gospel? Think about that. As a Christ follower, I'm about my father's business as a minister of the faith in the world? Am I proclaiming Jesus when I'm out beyond these glass doors? Are we saying to people, now is the time. God's kingdom is at hand. Repent, 
change your hearts and lives and align them with the heart and the mind of Christ. That's what repent means. And trust him and the gospel message that he brings. Are you saying that to people? Because this is your mandate as the Holy Church. This is what God calls you to. To know Christ personally and to make Christ known to others who need that same relationship with him that you have. See, my hope for us this Lenten season is that we can all rededicate ourselves to aligning our faith journey with that of Jesus Christ sacrificing ourselves, dying to self, and then taking part in his resurrection. Remember, it's not you, it's Christ who lives in you. The resurrection of Christ that gives you life, and not just life, but life abundant and everlasting. That's what we're after, and that's what we're after for everyone else, if we have anything that we can say about it. And we do. We have a lot we can tell people. Whether it sinks in, that's between them and the Holy Spirit. But your mandate as the church is to tell people about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So as we begin Lent, welcome to Lent, everyone. And make sure that you are busily about the work of the kingdom this season. Be introspective enough to know whether or not you're engaging in your calling as a minister of the faith. And then focus on all those folks out there who need Jesus. Yes? Yes. yes. Hallelujah. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Come back again next week for a new message. And until then, may God bless you and keep you.